0: Welcome to the OP Radio Podcast.
1: <laughs> what what schluck announcer voice is that? <laughs> is that is that a VO left over from uh, your cable 12 days? Oh no. We gotta talk about cable
0: 12. So uh, here's the deal. Uh, we're doing another episode. It's myself and two of my oldest friends. We met when we were 18 years old at Geneseo. We were in the same fraternity. And we've been friends ever since. And these are the type of guys, by the way, I'm talking about Buzzy and Stork, That we could go two, three, we could go up to like five years without talking or seeing each other. Although we pretty much do uh, talk, and then we pick up
1: right where we left off. Absolutely, it's like time time stops and picks right up again. Like the next, it's like the next day. Yeah, exactly.
0: So we're gonna tell some more old stories. Uh, You know, uh, we're wrapping up sort of with our college days, even though we have plenty of other stories to tell. Actually, can I tell one more story? Because you guys were roommates. And you had a, a wonderful experience because you be, you became lifelong friends, right? Yes, yes. My college experience with my first roommates uh, uh, was very different. Very different. <laughs> Look at Freddie laughing. So I roomed with two upstaters. I'm from Long Island. I remember one kid was from Syracuse and the other kid... I don't know. He was he was a redneck. Let's just put it that way. Were you in a triple? I was in a triple, and I was always a wise-ass. I came up there uh, to Geneseo, dare I say, with a lot of personality. <laughs> <laughs> You're from Huntington. I'm from Long Island. Yeah, I, was, I thought my shit didn't stink. I, I can't lie to you. And so I get into this triple. And within the first I want I always tell this story like it was the first day I'm not really sure anymore, but it was very, very early on the redneck guy uh, and the guy from Syracuse they liked each other they they had chemistry they were like, yeah, we're good, we understand each other, but this kid from Long Island's an asshole now they liked each other or they no no just coming. liked the oh, okay so um So I was wising off and being a dick, and uh, the redneck guy just decides to throw me up against the wall in our room, up against the dresser. It made a hole, and proceeded to pretty much beat me up, with the other guy kind of rooting him on. I don't know if he got some shots in, but I I think he might have, but it it was mostly the redneck guy. He roughed me up, I should say. I didn't have many bruises, but I got... I, I, I learned my lesson and understood, oh, I'm odd man out here and I got to behave. They did not want me in the room. So um, fast fo- So, oh, that led to me living with all the girls on the floor. So it wasn't the worst thing that happened. Not to me. bad. I, 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 also, I'm like sleeping in the same bed with 18-year-old girls on the floor that I barely know because they felt sorry for me. And then they would say stuff like, you know, you got to go to your room eventually. And I would go to my room when, when I knew they were in class to maybe change and brush my teeth, things like that. But I would quickly go in my room, get my stuff, and go back to the girls' rooms uh, and hang out with them. And they were kind of passing me around like, oh, it's your, you know, it's your turn to take them in for the, for the night and stuff. Eventually I had to go back because the RAs got involved. And they're like, look, dude, you know, if, 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 if there's another situation like that, they're going to get kicked out of school so you're safe or something like that. So then, when it came to uh, getting rid of the triples, which happened to you guys too, yep. you know, all of yep. a sudden people drop out of school, then there's more room, so they take the, the people that are in the triples and they, uh, you know, they move, they, they pair them up with other people. I, I'm convinced at this point, I'm odd man out. I'm going to be the one with a new roommate second semester, right? But the guy from Syracuse realized a redneck was always the problem.
1: No kidding.
0: Yes. <laughs> And he came to me in secrecy and basically said, I know they're, uh, you know, we got to tell him who's going to stay and who's going to go. I want a room with you and not him. I'm like,
1: what? I, I've never heard this story before. Uh, really? No, no, I never heard this. So they got
0: rid of the redneck. I forgot where he went. I, I'm not sure if he even was in that dorm anymore. And then I proceeded to hang, to hang out with this kid from Syracuse. I don't know if it was the best thing that happened to me because this ki- <laughs> this kid <laughs> was a little perverse. <laughs>
1: A little perverse.
0: Who, who, I, I don't who, know who is person this is. person? You know, I, I honestly, I never brought him around to the fraternity living or anything like that. He was kind of nerdy with glasses. He had a big dick.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Clearly, your memories uh, comes right back to you on that one.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot all the other I details. It's <laughs> is <there> carnal <laughs> knowledge of this? I gotta ask. Honestly, that's funny. First of all, Buzz. The reason I know he has a big dick, the whole floor knew he had a big dick. I was in Three South in Onondaga, by the way. If you're keeping track at home, uh, to go local for everybody, he got turned on or got off, keeping the door open and trying to blow himself. Oh my (laughs) god!
1: (laughs) Spit take, spit (laughs) take.
0: This. Like like Ron Jeremy? <laughs> had, and, and you know what? I swear to you, I don't know if he officially accomplished it. I'm not really sure. Because I would, I would look, but I wouldn't look. And he was bent all the way over. Like and, a fruit bowl? And it wasn't like he called people into the room to go check out what I could do. But he definitely went for when he knew people were walking by the room with the door open and I'm like, "Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, can you paint this picture a little bit better for me? Cuz I'm not so he's on his bed or on a chair. Or... How is this coming about? Go we had, back we, a little bit. We had me. bunk beds, I remember, and I had the top bunk, he had the bottom bunk, and I think we had like a beanbag chair or whatever the fuck you have in college. And I remember kind of sitting there and I'll be honest, when I hear Billy Joel to this day, I get a little weird. Cause he loved Billy Joel. Did you? He think turned he... me into some of the deeper tracks of Billy Joel, like Captain Jack and stuff. And he would put on his Billy Joel, and then he would open the door, and I'm like, "What the hell are you doing?" And he kind of like walked around with underpants to begin with. He was a weird dude, no doubt. And then he would just go for it like it was nothing. <laughs> Just, but did you think he was like poking his finger under the mattress, and it was something else poking the mattress? No, I wasn't in the top bunk. I would be in another part of the dorm room. And he—I don't remember him completing. I don't remember how long he did it. If he even got got there, was but... there any uh, like mayonnaise packets laying around allegedly? <laughs> I think he really wanted just to shock the hell out of people.
1: Mission <laughs> <should> accomplished.
0: <laughs> but did he walk around in his underwear looking at you? I mean, no, longingly go I like I mean, you just the way you are. I mean, you know, it would be better uh, for the story if if some of that went on, but no, I, I I never got I never got that vibe or anything. I I got the vibe that he was really weird. I wouldn't even say he was creepy. I think he just just liked shocking people. So,
1: down the road when you two were roommates, Oh, were you disappointed that Stork Stork couldn't do that? Like, dude, I got expectations, right? There's some minimums that have to be met for all my roommates. Okay, you're next in line, so bend over. Right. How's that work? Or do some yoga. <laughs> Hold on. Who's that gut?
0: So I, you know what? Oh, I don't know. I'm. I I think he he didn't come back at the freshman year, and that's why he kind of faded away. I think because I don't really remember. Seen him on campus after that. I moved on to becoming a a fig in in the fraternity. My second year, I was still in Onondaga. And I roomed with one of of my friends from home because we couldn't be roommates when we moved to college together. Um, And he was the one that ripped up my lyrics to Hold Me Now by the Thompson Twins because he thought it was really stupid. He actually said, this is stupid and got really mad and ripped the lyrics off the wall and ripped them up in front of me and threw them in the garbage. Wow. I was kind of a sap. Wow. <laughs> I was kind of a sap for for the ladies because I I was uh I was brought up very uh strictly so by the time i went to geneseo and had freedom i i, I was a little behind uh, the, the typical
1: 18 year old so let's did, just put it that did you way did you tape the lyrics to karma chameleon up on the wall when you <laughs> had that bear spot after the cult. <laughs> after the thompson twins came out well down. the thompson
0: twins hold me now i was into this girl and like that song reminded me of her when i couldn't see her on campus or whatever and You know, we were seeing each other a lot, but there was a lot of downtime as well. And I'm thinking, man, this song reminds me of her. So I actually wrote out the lyrics and hung it up in my section. And this kid who I was friends with back in um, Centipore, Long Island, he got really mad and ripped it off the wall.
1: So you had song lyrics up on your wall. You know what I had on my wall freshman year? A full-page ad out of Rolling Stone for the Sony Walkman Pro. Whoa. It was the pinnacle of recording Walkman's, and just how you know like some guys will put like a picture of a sports car up on their wall and it's it's sort of it's it's aspirational it's something to to uh to you know uh, it says achievement on it i i someday I want to drive this car, and that's why I'm going to do x and y and z. Nope, I had the bootlegging machine taped up on my wall to incentivize saving some money so i could buy it that summer now just to be clear i
0: didn't have any aspirationals on my poster because one of them was jim morrison busted in new haven so i really didn't have aspirations like my man over here <laughs> so just to be clear about that but
1: back to the story <laughs> Jeff. so yeah that, that's what was on my wall yeah a little different i, I had faggy lyrics
0: And you had something really, really cool. Man, I learned a lot of lessons in college quickly. (laughs) I learned that you could possibly blow yourself. (laughs) Well, Ron Jeremy, I actually won a contest one time for Halloween because he accomplished that feat.
1: Didn't you dress up for Halloween as the most obnoxious man in the world?
0: Yes, I did. And that back of my shirt was Ron Jeremy accomplishing said feat. Amongst other things, I think I had a toilet bowl around cover around my head with used uh ladies products dipped in ketchup you and, did. and you other rubber like things with mayonnaise in, which may have been from your old dorm room if I remember correctly.
1: <laughs> you you, tr- you you went out in public with the Ron Jeremy poster on your back and the Aforementioned headdress. You went out in public, and I thought you won the contest that day.
0: I did, and it was mezcal eat the worm. Oh god! I, remember I got that. a T-shirt for that. Now it's funny you bring up like tasteless Halloween costumes because over the years I've talked about this on uh, radio shows that someone gets in trouble for a tasteless, you know, Halloween costume, a celebrity usually, and I'm like. Everyone knows this is what everyone tried to do every single Halloween. It's for me. It started in college where we had the tasteless Halloween costume contest, and the most outrageous, the better. And it didn't mean that you were a dick. It didn't mean you know. It didn't mean that
1: uh, you didn't give a crap about issues. A, you weren't making a statement, right. Against somebody? Of not. You no. Just wanted to no. shock your friends it's... and maybe win some prize money. That's all it was. And win a mezcal
0: <laughs> with the worm at the bottom. <laughs> It was always about the worm. You got to eat the worm. Well, that especially for your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if he wanted you to eat the worm. <laughs> Shout out to Chris in Syracuse.
1: <laughs> wow. I
0: didn't say last. I didn't say initial? last. Didn't say last, last? Nope. initial there? I, I nope. D- nope. Nope. Wow. I ain't doing last name. Wow. This, nope. is a, this is a cliffhanger. Right know, there know, is the know. cliffhanger. <laughs> so anyway, then I, um, you know, then thank you. God, I started rooming with these guys. And how many how many places have we uh lived together? Uh Buzzy me, uh, and, you.
1: me and you uh it's at least 3 4. At least three or four? Three or four in Geneseo alone, and then we did three in Rochester together. Oh, that's
0: right. That's we, right. We probably, my number is about six or seven, to be honest with you. All oh, it, wait, oh. we didn't really live in, uh, oh, no, we did. We lived in the attic. Yes. We lived in that weird house with Mara and the dead cats. Oh, um, we'll get to that, yeah, um, yeah. Um, and then me and Freddie, how, how many places did we live together? At least two or three. Two or three. Like I said on the last episode of the podcast, you tapped out on us, you son of a bitch. And then we, he would come and visit this debauchery from time to time, which was awesome. Um <laughs> I always like to see a train wreck.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we had we
0: had one running for a number of years, right, in upstate New York. Well, Buzzy's the connection here because you guys roomed uh, a lot, and yes. then you faded away for a little bit, or you know, you came back a lot, and then me and Buzzy continued, and then we started living together a lot. So,
1: yes. so yeah, so we had we had on uh, Road in Geneseo. Of course, there's the, the fraternity house. There's an apartment on uh, North Street in Geneseo with Mara and the dead cat. You had uh, J.C.'s house. We had the group home in the in the uh, <laughs> in the ghetto, in the ghetto. Um, 18th ward, right? Uh, the 19th ward. Oh, 19th ward. Yeah, Damn. 19th, Damn. 19th, I always get that wrong. Yeah, 19th ward. Then we had Richard Street. I mean, Richard Street in the city of Rochester, right around the corner from uh, down the road from Jeremiah's. Bringing right. this full circle, right. and uh, and
0: I, that's I where I tapped that. out and moved to Buffalo. Unfortunately, and then you know, Buzzy decided to get married and ruin everything.
1: <laughs> yeah well, at some point in more ways than one at some <laughs> point, he ruined my fun and he ruined his own fun at some point <laughs> no you I, gotta, like, I like i At your some ex. point you've gotta grow up <laughs> right if you know if you know we were we were uh uh, looking back at some video clips yesterday, after I went through the archive, digitized some old VHS tapes, it's a ama- it's amazing that the oxide still sticks to the to the plastic backing in these in these hard plastic shells. But it got us thinking about uh, uh, just some of the houses we lived in and the cast of characters that we lived with, and and then what were some of the catalysts to saying, you know what? It's time to move on. Right. It was sad, though, but
0: we both understood it was time to move on because I was starting to figure out my radio career, you were figuring out your TV career, then we were still hanging out with people that really wanted to do their 12th year of college.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and nothing against those guys, but it was, the signs were, let's just put it this way, I don't need to go into details, there were signs
1: all around us that it was time to really start moving on. Unfortunately. When you're mad at your housemates because you've got a department head meeting the next morning, but they want to play Aussie at 3 in the morning at a volume of 11 on a scale of 1 to 10, yeah. might be a problem, might be yeah. time to move on.
0: And I had to get up by 5, 5.30 to help Brother Weeze with his morning show back in the day at CMF. But uh, we, uh, But after college, we stayed in Geneseo. And, you know, we were always hustling. We needed a place to stay. We weren't making much money. Now we don't have financial aid or anything. Now we're kind of on our own. We're working at the bar.
1: Um, and we decide uh, we're going to live in an attic to save money. <laughs> so so we had four of us. We had four of us. This is uh, yeah, after graduation. And, you know, it's time to find something. You're, you're actually too old to even live in the fraternity house anymore. So you got to move on with life. But we found this house right on the outskirts of town. And um, the, the landlord lived in the back half. Rock! Rock. Rock. rocks, under- up, Rock? I hope you're still alive! <laughs> rock's in the back half, and he had like this little apartment, but the front half of the house, you could put four people in it, but you had to get creative because it was this weird layout of the house where the first floor was the kitchen, and the second floor is where you had the, the bathroom and two bedrooms, and there was kind of like a third bedroom, and then you had an uninsulated attic as your third floor. So we made the decision to put beds into the un- uninsulated attic, which at the time in August was a great idea.
0: Yeah, August up there, it starts to get cool, and they had two windows. We opened the windows. We didn't need AC. We're like, this is yeah, doable, this man. Is,
1: this is this is comfortable. You know, you get a little exercise going up to the extra flight of stairs, and so we could we could take that third bedroom on the on the second floor and turn that kind of into our our guys' hangout living room, and you could watch the stars at night. Well that 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 came after we moved in and you know your I think
0: it was good for maybe a month because it gets cold up there quick in western New York.
1: Yeah, cuz around, around October, you know, now now the temperatures are dipping, the leaves are changing and and next thing you know, after October comes November and December. And the eight-month winter. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: He's not lying. But we had to figure it, it out. It used to snow, kids, in Easter up there. Mm-hmm. Remember, every Easter Dude, it, it would snow-, snow. It snowed Mother's Day one year. Wow. That's May. It snowed Mother's Day.
0: That's why I know uh, climate change is real. Because now in western New York, it doesn't snow
1: on Mother's Day anymore. It doesn't really snow uh, during Easter. It barely snows at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So definitely. we had to figure it out, though, because we said, okay, it's starting to get cold. We can't redo the HVAC in the house. We're just renters. This so, is why I love
0: you, by the way. You said we we figured it out. Yes. I just assumed you would figure it out <laughs> for the team.
1: Well, I did. We <laughs> picked up a kerosene heater, right? And um, so so picture something. It's about the size of um, it's about the size of a quarter keg. Okay, it's not a full keg, but a quarter keg with a handle on it. Now, for those of you not proficient in um, in um, uh, and heating systems, kerosene's like gasoline, but it's only—it's stinkier yeah. and and smokier and, and and yes, and smokier. But and it causes brain damage quicker. it throws off a nice warm glow in your uninsulated attic. So we had to take turns going to the gas station in our jalopies to fill up the kerosene can to come home. We were, at least we had the brains to fill up the kerosene heater outside, but then you still had to carry it up three flights of stairs to our bedroom. And one night, the kerosene ran out.
0: Well, also, besides it running out, it didn't really heat the attic uh, proficiently because it was that cold up there. So we had kind of warm spots, if you remember, in the attic. And we would try to put the kerosene heater in between our beds so maybe we're at least warm when we're asleep. We don't have to hang out there during the day because we have friends all over Genesee, and we have jobs. We truly used this place just to try to sleep at night. Um, but anyway, we, we couldn't keep up with warming up the attic. Uh, long story short... Our shampoo and everything that was kind of a liquid, like our toothpaste, and well, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, was all frozen solid. Yeah. That's how cold it was.
1: So your shampoo froze. And remember, most of the time when you read about kerosene heater, it's followed by the words, tragic fire kills three, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, all, they're all in the same headline, or at right. least in the first two sentences right. of, uh, of the story. Um, but we survived that.
0: Well, and I remember um, distinctly, like it happened yesterday, like our beds... Girl, girls were always feeling sorry for us because we, you know, you had the long flowing locks and I, I, I did all right myself with my surfer look back then with my stupid dumb mustache. But girls always were trying to take care of us. Do you remember all the blankets that they donated to us? I, I remember my, I had, don't want to exaggerate, exaggerate, but at least four or five nice thick comforters that I would sleep under because, and I would sleep with a winter hat on. Um, not gloves because I was able to tuck those, but I would keep a winter hat on because the top of my head would be so fucking cold. And I remember looking up, and I could touch the ceiling of the attic because it was on a slant, and the beds were in the slant. And I remember I could see holes in the actual roof, and I would look at the stars at night. True story. And one night it was snowing, that nice fluffy snow. Was coming down, and I'm coming looking at the stars the beautifully, and I and and I'm watching the snow coming through the hole. Not a lot, just enough, just like a little string where it could get through the you know the hole in the roof. And I kind of liked. I thought it was cool as fuck.
1: I thought it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm graduated from college. I'm making twelve grand a year at a cable TV station that's about the size of, a, of your kitchen table, and it's snowing on me. Yeah. I thought it sucked.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, you should have known it was. It was inevitable that you have to move out of there when the Fraternity Brothers and the Fig House have better accommodations than you
1: do. (laughs) We run backwards after graduating. So
0: uh, getting to, oh, I want to get to your your job, Cable 12, and then I took Buzzy's job even though I had no business being in TV. Uh, We'll get into that in a second, but um, I want to go to Fred. So Fred, when we lived with Marin the Dead Cat, was that our senior year? Did we stay up there for a summer or, was or, summer, or that was, or was that after our senior year? And you were you were kind of thinking, you know what, maybe I will stay in the area. I was after my senior plus one. I stayed up there, worked at the Bronze Bear with Chris. Oh, Chris wait, you G. did senior plus one. I did senior plus one. I did four and a half plus. I took two classes because I was paying on my own, working at the Bronze Bear Cafe with. Nice plug, Jeffrey, working for Chris G. And we proceeded to move into this house for the summer. I believe it was on North Street. It was across from where I live with Al K and others, Mike W, where we had our own uninsulated attic stories, sleeping with hats on and everything else and walking into Mike's room, proceeding him to grow orchids in his room. It was so warm in there. (laughs) (laughs) Then across the street was this house with Mara, this other woman named Christine, you and I... And then Buzzy was in uh, the back of the house the the back of the house downstairs. Yeah, right. I was in the
1: back half with Bert.
0: And someone said to me, hey, man, you want to live with two girls this summer? I'm like, that, that sounds all right, right? It sounded wonderful. You know, I knew her from actually from Chris G at the Bronze Bear, and she was very cool. So uh, we, we weren't aware that Mara might have had uh, an issue at the time. I don't, know, I don't know anything about her to, you know, what's going on in her life now. But I, it's safe to say she had something going on in her head. And uh, we're living in this house. Buzzy's in the back uh, with Bert, Mm -hmm. uh, another friend of ours. And then it's me and Fred and these two girls. And one of them's Mara. And all of a sudden, it was a really nice house. And all of a sudden, we started smelling something that smelled like it was dying or dead. And we're like, what the hell is that, man? We couldn't figure it out. We simply couldn't figure it out. And days would go, right? It was days or-, or It was there, a couple of days. It was only a couple of days? It was only a couple of oh. days. And what happened was, I guess she was, again, a little hippie-ish. Like, don't give it away yet. So we're, so we're still trying to find the smell. Right. And, and then who, who decided, I know I was one of them, but I don't think I was the lead guy. We decided we got to find where this- smell is coming from. Who do you remember was it you buzz? It wasn't
1: me. Yeah. I just know that things are getting pretty ripe in July. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and
0: the smell was getting really bad to the point where you could almost not take it in the house. Right. And apparently what had happened was she was keeping this cat, again, being hippie-ish and trying to and apparently I think the cat got stuck between something. I'm not exactly oh sure. Oh my I've heard it totally different. You tell yours. Totally different. And tell me if I I heard that it came out that she was a hippie chick trying to save things and that she found a dead cat and brought it into our house. Jeez. That's how I remember this story for so many years. And I and somebody else, but I wasn't the lead, but I was willing to be an assistant. We went looking for the smell. We went into that. Remember the scary basement? Yes. They had an unfinished scary basement with yes. almost like a dirt floor. I remember. And right next to the boiler, was the dead cat that she placed lovingly? Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and it was like we were in a horror movie because we're like, "What the fuck?" And then it came out that she somehow told us, you know, that she brought the the cat home, like it was still a thing, like it was still a living thing. She brought the cat home to our house. I I don't remember all of that, but I do remember with the cat, and then to transition. So at that point, we thought, eh, this situation may not work out for the whole summer. Then there was an incident, I think, because we had our mattresses on the ground, and you were trying to iron oh, something. Oh, I love the iron story. So I, I was trying to look fancy for my girl at the time. We were going to go eat. With the, <laughs> did you have your hair properly feathered? <laughs> yeah, and I was ironing. A sh- I needed to iron a shirt. So she had an iron. I yes. go, hey, Mary, you know, can I uh, borrow your iron? I want to iron this shirt. She's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. She goes, but be careful, casually. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So then I start ironing. My door's open. And she comes back in a minute or two later goes, no, really, just make sure you're careful with the iron. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, no problem. It's plugged in. Is there an issue with the iron that I need to know? She goes, no, but just be careful. I'm like, okay, no problem. I continue to iron. And then she's walking out of my room and then dramatically turns around and goes, no, be careful with the iron. You're going to burn the house down and just is in total freak out mode. I'm like, oh my God, okay. And I unplugged it. And I gave it to her. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> what the hell's going on? And then that was the day it all went south, right? It started with that. It started because because then I got you. For some reason, you weren't part of any of this.
1: Thank God. I think
0: he was working. <laughs> Although Bert we, yelled at her in the yard once because she was dancing in the rain with a stick in a styrofoam coffee cup that she was. What? What? Why? No, that was the end. So, the chronologically, what happened? You had the iron, and that she had a freak out. and then we had to sleep, and that we had mattresses on the ground because we we probably, all started living in one room. We, at you night. and I, were in the room. Yeah. And no, that, then, then the other girl, she was... I remember that she came in. I don't know if she was actually sleeping in that room at that point. Because at this point, we're like, yeah. I, 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 if that door's not locked, I, there's no way I could fall asleep in this house. We were really starting to get really suspicious, like, what the fuck is really going on? Do you remember we locked ourselves in the room? We not only locked ourselves in the room... I believe. This, this was during the she, day because she started wandering the house. Now she was, she was in full yes. whatever it is. I'm not a doctor and I but think she, she was, was wandering around and we were very concerned like what the hell's going on? And we are freaked out. And it was me and Freddie's room, and the other girl came in, and we locked the door, and you could hear her banging on the door. What's going on in there, guys? And not only did we lock the door, you proceeded to wedge the mattress, which was not on a frame, against the door.
1: <laughs>
0: and we heard the, you know, like, are you guys in there? And Opie has his eyes wide open. He goes, I'm not going to be able to sleep in here. And all of a sudden, I think at that point, some point in that time, you ran out and go, "I'm never coming back," and you left for the rest of the <laughs> summer. Didn't pay, yeah. did you paid your rent? You go, uh, "Freddie, I'm not coming back." I left by climbing out the window on the roof <laughs> and letting myself out that way. Right. <laughs> you so you were gone. So now, great. You know, we got to tell the story of what's his name on the couch where she was playing with his hair. Do you remember that? No, that was me. Oh, it was you. Okay, sorry. You it was it me. Here. So she was... No, excuse me. That was a rich W <laughs> who he sat down on the couch. She proceeds to like lightly brush his hair. Next thing you know, she walks away... The door was open. He ran out like a scared cat, and he never came back in to visit. He, coincidentally, he had red hair. Right. Then you proceed to climb out the, do- the thing in the middle of the night, I thought it was. Right. And I'm like, great. Just fraternity, brother. The hell with that. You ran oh, out. no no. Leave was me alone. That was every man for himself. Right. So now you're both out. I got the matches wedged against the door. The next day I look out, and I'm not working. You were le- You buzzy had left for work i see this woman just chanting dancing with a dixie cup and a twig and it's raining and i heard an alfred p go get this out of here they proceeded to call this nice comfortable van that put her in and they put her arms in this nice white suit and proceeded to take her away
1: they took her away Again, wow. you never heard this one? I, bits and pieces, but never from start to finish. And then I
0: proceeded to, <laughs> right after that, I think I stayed through the end of June, I said... Yeah, I got to grow up. Man. My liver needs a break. And then I... So she was probably the one that made you leave. If Because if, it was a bad experience. And and in your head, you're like, you know what? Maybe it's time to go back home. <laughs> they didn't really have Yelp back then, <laughs> right. just so you know. <laughs> right. Do you remember... I do remember this part. I think after they... Um, no, I know after they – because I was – I found places to stay in Geneseo because we knew everybody. I'm like, hey, man, kinda of crash here and there or whatever? And then when – I think you gave me the word at the in-between that they took her away. Yes. I, I wasn't there for the taking away, I don't think. And then I'm like, all right, I'll come back then. And I did come back. I don't know for how long at that point. Mm-hmm. And then do you remember she came by the house knocking – apologizing to us and telling us that she's okay now. Yes. Do you remember that part? Yes. But we were all like, oh, that's great and all, but okay, uh-huh. hey, it was nice seeing you. Uh, you're not coming back here, are you? Oh, no, I'm living with whatever she said at the time. I just want to come by and make amends and say, hey, I'm much better now. Yes, I do. And we weren't buying it at all. No. Because it was so creepy with the dead, bloated cat, by the way. And we were estimating that that dead cat was there for a while. Yeah, it was. And apparently she, I think there was some kind of a crawl space that she tucked it in. Oh yeah, she tucked it in. You're right about that, but... Lovingly tucked it in. I heard heard it as she found it on the side of the road and decided she had to do the right thing and give it a proper burial in our house
1: that we are renting
0: in Geneseo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in the back of the house, we had a first floor kitchen in this house as well, and it and they used to have sewage back up in the kitchen. <laughs> so our problems were minimal in the back half of the house compared to yours, I must say. <laughs> right.
0: So, Buzz, you brought a list of other, uh, of, of other uh, stories yeah, here. There's i some,
1: there's some topics hit, here. Hit you me know, up with some good know, ones. You know where I want to go? I want to I go down the road. I want to I want to drive down Routes 5 and 20 to the beautiful Finger Lakes community of Canandaigua, New York. Canandaigua is... Uh, an Indian name, and it uh, had its own cable system. It actually expanded beyond the the four walls of Canandaigua to really cover the entire Finger Lakes region of upstate New York. And so, my first job out of out of college in my you know my desired industry in television was as production director for this small cable operation. When I when I started there, and this is about uh, about nine months after college, but um. You know, pay wasn't real high. We had three salespeople. We had a general manager, and uh, when I started, we inserted commercials on one TV channel. So uh, today, all this stuff is is automated. But when it when early on in the the nascent cable insertion uh, um, targeted advertising through television industry, you used to have these cue tones, and it would sound just like this, and that little audible would occur on a network like an MTV or an ESPN or the Nashville Network or CNN at 29 and 59 after the hour. And that little was actually an audible trigger that would cause a tape machine at the head end of the cable system to start to play remotely. Well, guess who produced the commercials? Back at that time, it was me. So I love that first job because you get to work in the morning. You'd sit, sit, you know say hello to the salespeople, and you'd look up on the the, the whiteboard and be like, okay, we got a, a we got a car shoot today at uh, Appletown Motors, or we got a restaurant. We're going out to the Restaurant right there on Canandaigua Lake. So you'd go out there and you'd shoot the commercial, and you'd come back after lunch and do your editing and make a VHS copy, give it to the salesperson. They'd run out to show it to the advertiser to sign off and approve it. I'd call up Greg and have him do voiceovers. Uh, I do some myself. After a while, you know, you start to realize that $12,000 doesn't go very far. So uh figured desperate times call for desperate measures. It was time to try to get myself a raise. With knowing one simple fact about how this operation worked, you had this general manager of the, the, the entity. He tended to listen to everybody's phone calls. <laughs> he was always paranoid. <laughs> Well, you're
0: not saying it, I am. Let's just put it this way, I'll say this, this guy was a character.
1: And everyone knew this, so you'd be in the sales, you know, you'd be in the car with one of the salespeople going out to a shoot, and they'd be like, so I know, I know, I know he was listening to my phone call yesterday, so I started just making up stuff just to entertain him. (laughs) A thought occurred to me, I should have a friend make me a job offer in another city and um, teach him a lesson. So talked to a friend and said here's the deal you call me at this time at this number you pretend you're from wkbw channel 7 in buffalo looking to make that hire as a product for a production director's position i've been interviewing and you're calling to offer me the job let's let's role play this a few times and now let's pull the trigger and make it happen so the phone rings hey this is wkbw in buffalo we're really psyched about your uh Uh, Your skills, your talent, we're looking forward to bringing you on board as our new production manager. Uh, I assume you'll have to give two weeks' notice, but we'll have you starting on the 13th. Hang up the phone. I thank him for the offer, and and, I, I basically accept the position on the phone. We love you here! I think it's time you had a raise! Really, I can't imagine what have triggered this this instant job promotion and twenty five percent salary increase. Oh, you couldn't possibly ever want to go someplace else, would you? <laughs> hmm, how could it must be mental telepathy? How could he possibly know that I just got a job interview from a network affiliate in a nearby market?
0: So the lesson was mission accomplished.
1: <laughs> mission accomplished. Three thousand dollar a year raise. Just through a fake phone call.
0: Which was everything back then. And then you moved on to, a, to be one of the youngest program directors in Rochester, New York. They needed to fill your old position, and you suggested that I take it over, even though I didn't have much TV experience.
1: Well, I, I made it real easy, because I, I, as, as you said, I got a job at a network affiliate in Rochester and um, had to give my two weeks' notice. So immediately the first reaction is, What are we going to do? And I'm like, here's the deal. By the time you put an ad in the paper... By the time you interview, by the time you hire, you are going to be about a month and a half down the road. So good luck with that unless you hire my friend Greg. You know him. He's been in here doing voiceovers. He's been running camera for the Cable 12 auction. He's been out there doing camera for Go for the Green, our, our golf uh, program that we do out at uh, Victor Hills. You know, Greg, guess what? Hire him. I'll train him. I'll teach him.
0: He must have had a lot of experience then, right? Yep. I know, I I, uh, No. <laughs> but I, I, he gave me a crash course, and I, I survived for about six to nine months, I think. I don't think I made it a year. But, you know, it paid my bills for a while. And gave you a heck of a demo reel. It did, because I, then I ended up filming all the local commercials, the local car dealerships, the pizzerias, and everything in between, basically. Uh, my, my best shoot ever. Did I ever tell you the story where the guy, uh, he had a small dealership somewhere around Canandaigua, obviously, and he goes, hey, uh, I'm also a pilot. I want to I shoot my uh, car dealership from the sky. Are you cool with biplanes? I'm like, yeah, man, I fly all the time. I was just lying because, like, back then we always were hustling and did whatever it took. I'm like, yeah, no problem. He goes, you don't mind if I take the door off of uh, the plane so y- you really get a good shot of my dealership? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good, you know, thinking nothing of it. He straps me in. I get that giant camera because they were big cameras yeah. back in the day. He takes off, and I see the dealership. I'm like, okay, and I got a, I got a wide, like a giant wide shot. But I'm thinking, all right, when I get closer, I'll try to get try to do something with my footage and my filming. Next thing you know, he's basically doing barrel rolls. (laughs) I'm exaggerating, but basically he's swooping in where the tail is almost touching the roof of the thing. He's, he's getting close. Like, Oh man, I'm going to have the best local commercial ever. He's swooping in. I am looking through that little viewfinder, trying to film this with the door off his plane. Right. And I'm, I'm getting so fucking sick. So sick. Like I, I can't even tell you. And at this point, I'm like, I can't even look in the viewfinder anymore. I'm just going to start power booting all over this guy's plane. So I just started putting the camera out and just hoping I'm getting something as he's swooping in and I'm not focused and everything like that. He, he lands all excited. You get good footage? I'm like, oh my God, I got the best footage. I, I go, I'll be right back. And, you know, he got distracted. I walked to the back of the plane and started puking. <laughs> What was, were you actually in an early version of a drone? (laughs) It was. was (laughs) Wow. Wow. And and then I go back to cable 12, like, please, 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 please. I got to have something, you know, because at this point, I think my job is sort of starting to be on the line and things. I found no more than three seconds of usable footage that I used over and over again. (laughs) And I was like trying to get creative with the lousy three seconds. I was actually focused on his dealership from the sky.
1: And there was, by the way, there was no such thing as slow motion on a three-quarter-inch machine. Yeah, true. Yeah, there's no slow motion. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I was just using the footage over and over again with a graphic and a voiceover, you know, shop blah, blah,
1: blah, 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 blah. My second favorite shoot, I got to ride in the passenger seat of a Lamborghini. There was a, a car dealer in Batavia, New York. So we'd moved on from the Finger Lakes, and we started doing Genesee County Cablevision Vision. So our range went literally from Geneva, just by Syracuse, to the, to the east, and Batavia, and points a little bit further towards, towards the west, going towards Buffalo. But we had this car dealer who wanted the sound of a Lamborghini engine. He also wanted footage of the Lamborghini. So we went up to the Buffalo Airport, and there's a road that runs underneath one of the runways. And we were able to get the police to close down the road because it's a really cool tunnel. He wanted the footage of the Lamborghini coming out of a tunnel. So I shot that in the middle of the road, you know, right where the yellow stripe is. Lamborghini's tearing down at me. I hit record and ran to the side of the road. I'm like, you can hit the camera. I don't care, but you ain't hitting me. But recording the Nat Sound sitting in the front seat of the Lamborghini for another take, that was fun. Wow. But that was my second favorite commercial. My first favorite commercial was for another car dealer in Canandaigua, it was for Ontario Honda. Oh no, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, look at the time we got in the podcast. I think we have just enough time to tell one more story. So it was a collaborative process between the, the, the salespeople and the production guy. Of course, there was only one production guy at the time, and it was me. But I'm talking with the, with, the, with the salesperson. He goes, the client wants to have a talking car. Okay, I'm like, a talking car? How could we have a talking car? Let me check the CGI budget. Oh, that's right, there isn't one. Oh, that's right, CGI hasn't been invented yet. Well, let's see, we could. I know. I could shoot footage of the car, and then I could, like, have someone lay down behind a car, and I mean, behind the, the driver's seat, and, like, turn the headlights on up and down, like, eyes blinking when you talk. But I still need the lips. I still need the lips. I'm like, Greg, what are you doing Tuesday? Well, Buzzy, I think I'm free. If you could. Uh, put did, down your... Do you need my golden pipe for another local commercial, Buzzy? I'll be right there. <laughs> Actually, I, I did need I, I did need the golden pipes, but what I really thank need you. Was... And I worked on my Long Island accent, so you're not going to really hear the accent anymore. <laughs> now I didn't. Do I need your golden pipes? What I really need is your lips. I know. So did my <laughs> old roommate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> bringing it full circle hey, I'm a yeah. professional I like you just <laughs> the way you are so for anyone who's uh, ever watched a uh, TV Weatherman in front of the green screen you understand how the process works. it's uh and television's called keying or chroma keying when you're using uh, uh, colors but in this instance we had some you know pretty uh, pretty simple tools I needed I needed something of high contrast to be the lips so I go oh I need you to be the lips and the voice. So here's the script, and um, let's put the camera real close up to, to your to your mouth. So, you know, I got a close-up of the mouth, and I'm like, yeah, it's just not... It's, it just looks like a mouth. I need it to be like lips of a car talking. I go, we got to give your lips more contrast. I'm like, yeah, let, me, let me see what's in the drawer here. Yeah. Whiteout. Perfect. Come here. And so for the next few minutes, I proceeded to use that little brush in the whiteout to paint Opie's lips. Turn the camera back around. Just the key levels, perfect. Voila, talking car.
0: Now let me ask you something. When you do something like that, right, how does that work out? Like the the whiteout usually just comes right off, right? I don't know. Oh, so you didn't research this? (laughs) I wasn't going to test it on myself. (laughs) Well, I'm here to tell you that that was a a bitch to get off. (laughs) I think mean? we used I think we used rubbing alcohol and maybe some of the kerosene. <laughs> I think we had some
1: kerosene left over from the, from that third floor attic. <laughs> I'm like, "Buzzy, you didn't try this out. I can't get this white out off my lips." Uh, t- t- true story. <laughs> true story. You you had white out on your lips that wouldn't come off.
0: I heard there was one thing one person that volunteered to help you get that white off off your lips. Your old roommate. <laughs> 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 Just the way you are.
1: Yes, we had some fun with those local commercials, didn't we, Buzzy? Great local commercials. Dollar a holler on Cable 12, Canandaigua. Actually,
0: we got to talk about um, uh, the time we did live in the 19th Ward in Rochester. Oh, yeah. And, and, and how that all came about. Another friend of ours that uh, Fred knows as well. By this point in time... Now we're in Rochester, New York, in Rochester, York. And our right? careers are... They're starting to kind of develop and take off, but we're still not really making any money, and we still got to kind of do the hustle, man.
1: We got those first, you know, TV radio gigs under our belt and moved on to bigger and better things. and uh, But still we're in that world of, hey, you know, friend from college, fraternity brother, let's get a bunch of us together and live in a house. So we did that for a while. That's moving up, right? Isn't that? That's moving up. You're living in a house. Does it have a...
0: A roof with no holes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, it was heated. He- we, we were we were living in
0: heated houses. And- Another one of our friends that went to Geneseo, He was a sports anchor in Rochester, New York, and he was nice enough to give a uh, you know give us some rooms in his house, his first house that he was buying in his early twenties. We're like, what the hell, man? We ended up getting. Uh, we ended up. Realizing that we got to move on from that house, we did. We did. <laughs> can you tell well, the couch incident at least? Yeah, well, sure, we can. <laughs> there's a few incidents. Uh, <laughs> there's yeah. a few incidences that led to us uh, realizing. I don't know if we were officially kicked out, but we knew it was time to no, move on. It. And then we ended up in the ghetto, basically in a in a in a, in a group home. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. But, but tell so, the couch so, story. So, uh, Safe to say we were still in our
1: early to mid 20s, so we were still, you know, we were still in party mode. We were going out a lot of we stuff. You know, you know, we had good jobs. But but we'd still have fun on the weekends yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the high jinx took a, a turn for the worse one night when We are just kind of, you know, wrestling around and having some fun And next thing you know, somebody's body slamming somebody And BAM! And the legs break, break right off the couch We're yeah. like, oh, this is not going to turn out well By the way, I was the one being
0: body slammed,
1: for the record So we're like, okay we got a problem here we got to fix this problem we were
0: kind of scared of our our quote landlord
1: yeah, yeah we' just like we we've, we got to figure out all right, quick, go look in the garage we don 't have a garage okay uh we got to find some wooden blocks and we got to find them fast because we got to prop this we got to prop this couch up because we just broke the legs off of it by wrestling. And uh, we, we did. We found some blocks of wood. I'm not sure where they came from, but we found some blocks of wood. And so precariously for the next couple of days, you know, you were real careful when you sat down on the couch to watch TV at night. You know, you don't want to wiggle around too much because this, this house of cards could what? come toppling over at any minute. Well, there are a couple things. So that was
0: the temporary solution. We're like, okay, all right, let's at least fix the couch and then we'll figure something out. We were always figuring something out. Like, okay, it looks like there's nothing wrong with the couch sit on it carefully, blah, blah, blah. But then we're like, it was too much. We're, we had anxiety and we were panicking because at any moment this thing was going to break again Then they're going to see the makeshift you know, uh, blocks under it and know that something went wrong. So then we, we came up with an idea,
1: a schema. Well the best part about the, the scheme was <laughs> is that our, our landlord came our landlord slash our friend came came home after a fun night out on the town with some co-workers. He was a little staggery. And thought it'd be a great idea to do a little WWF style wrestling in his own living room with the two of us. Well, so you set it up though, you're like, all right, you're gonna lay on the couch. Somehow I'm gonna
0: start the wrestling crap. And hopefully, it'll lead to him body, you know, uh, jumping on you and making some wrestling move. And hopefully, because he's bigger than us, that will hopefully collapse the couch. And then op- we can point the finger at him that he broke his own couch.
1: Opie, you got to take one for the team. You got to let him body slam you onto, onto yeah, the couch. Yeah. <laughs> so, a couple hours later hey! <laughs> hey! boom, boom, <laughs> boom, kapoom, kapoom. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, the couch falls to the ground. And, and, and I'm and, like, what the hell? You just broke your couch. <laughs> <laughs> so the couch is broke. He goes off to bed. And we're just oh, like. slumber like. Ah, <sighs> ah, ah, oh, mad Like, ah, but I, I, I got to go sleep. We go upstairs. To go, we shared a bedroom upstairs. Get up really early Sunday morning. Came downstairs, picked up all the wooden blocks that we'd used to prop the couch up. Hit him. Put the broken leg back that we leg. did originally. <laughs> Put the broken legs back there. Then when we heard him get up the next morning, so we come out. We're just like, dude, look what you did to your couch last night.
0: We looked at it. It's not. I don't think. It, I don't
1: think you can fix it, man. <laughs> so, phew, tragedy averted. We didn't get blamed for the broken couch.
0: And there were a few other things. And then it was time to move on. And then our friend Tracy, who yeah. uh you know, Fred. Wait, wait, wait.
1: Wasn't there another incident, if I remember correctly? Yeah, there's a couple incidents, but, yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah. the podcast only couldn't go so long. Oh, I was <laughs> going to talk about a bacon story. <laughs> but, uh, ah, saying, bacon. For... Who doesn't love we're bacon? Yeah. Love hey! There's like hey. uh, another story. <laughs> so, so um, our, another one of our fraternity brothers is, uh, by this time, his career's progressed. He's working for uh, a, a social services organization over... Uh, uh, over by St. Mary's Hospital, going local for the Rochester people, just down the road from uh, Nick Tahoe's, again, going local for the Rochester audience. And um, it was a it was a, a social services entity that uh, ran group homes. And uh, one of the group homes that they had was in a neighborhood that, to say that it was on the downside declining is a, a nice statement. And in fact, it was declining so much that they in clear conscience couldn't put their Their clients into this home anymore. So, what do you do when you've got a six bedroom, 5,000 square foot house in the middle of the ghetto? You call your fraternity brothers and say, guys, move in for free. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because they just needed someone in the house so that,
0: you know, yeah, so that no one would break in. This thing had two living rooms, two kitchens. We we all had two rooms each, if you remember, one for our stuff and one to just hang out and sleep, and you
1: know, crank tunes or whatever. Uh, There was no stove, there was no oven, there was no microwave, so we found at a garage sale one of those stove top inserts that you would like drop into an island, so it didn't have legs. So we formed legs out of four beer cans, and um, cooked on that, cooked on that in in the kitchen when it came time to actually. Make your own meal.
0: I remember the first night, and uh, one of our fir- one of our friends was black. So we looked at him like, "You're gonna walk us through this, right?" Because we were pretty much the only white people for a while, man, for blocks. And I remember the first night sleeping in my bed, going, "This is pretty awesome. How huge this house is!" But I'm freaked out. And then the the black guy checked on the security system because it did have security. So when we were in the house, we were good. An alarm would go off if anyone attempted anything.
1: Juan was, uh, wa- I, lo- I loved Juan. Yeah, Juan, Juan was our, our 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 transitional member of the house to help the white guys assimilate into the neighborhood. It was it was all good. It was all good for probably about six months of free living, no rent. So, And
0: then we decided to invite all our lily-white friends to have a party in the ghetto. Yep. So... <laughs> <laughs> So I'm talking white, <laughs> from like Fairport to go local, yep. like these very white West towns. And the, and, they all
1: poured in. They
0: all poured in. Didn't you come up for one of these?
1: And I was there at the party. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I was. So things got a little out of hand. Uh, all the uh, all the friends and friends and folks got got a little rambunctious out in the street. Next thing you know. It's a race riot.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess, A little bit. but not because anything was
1: said or no, anything, no, just no, because no. it, just because it's I guess, because guys shooting their mouths off in the middle of the street,
0: and all of a sudden, didn't you, didn't you get punched?
1: I got sucker punched. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got <laughs> sucker punched in my own front yard, and I
0: hid. I, I avoided this one. I was all in a lot of times over the years, but this one I
1: remember distinctly. Going, I'm hiding. Yeah. <laughs> So after getting sucker punched, there were a few other there were a few other punches thrown. And the girls were freaking I mean I was freaking out and a lot of other people were freaking out, but the girls
0: were really freaking out.
1: We kinda of reconvened in our house, set the alarm system, and determined I think it's time it's time to phone a friend, by the way. This is a few years before who wants to be a millionaire. Yep, it's time to call Crowbar. Yeah, one of our friends said I, I
0: could I'll handle this. I'm calling Crowbar
1: and we're like well no no one's got a flat tire i just got a sore jaw what do you need a cr- crowbar no crowbar isn't the thing in your trunk it's a guy he breaks knees like, no! No!
0: cuz we we took our lance well you did i was I did. like i was saying i was hiding and uh, we also got back in the house safely, and we were trying to calm down our, our party goers. And we're like, you know what? We got to cut our losses. We have to. This is in yes. our neighborhood, and it might, it might even be our fault. Yeah, let's, let's be smart about this. And there's one guy that we knew, he'll, he'll remain nameless. He got on the phone trying to find Crowbar.
1: Yeah, we, we uh, fortunately, I, I, as, as memory serves me right, Crowbar didn't come. But oh, no. he was all about getting Crowbar to settle some scores <laughs> right. on Wellington Avenue around about 3, 4 in the morning,
0: Yeah, we the uh, getting's
1: good. Uh, we're okay if uh, Crowbar doesn't show. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay.
0: We got beer, the girls. They still want to maybe have some fun.
1: So uh we need Crowbar. Well, so a, a couple more weeks goes by, and uh, one of the downsides to not having rent is, Frankly, it gives you more money for discretionary spending in other areas. So we went through a lot of beer. God forbid we go to Chase Pickin' and buy a garbage can. Nah, we just lined up all the empties in the kitchen. Because we thought it was impressive. We
0: wanted to cover the entire floor with uh, beer cans, and then we did that, we accomplished that, and then we started a second, yeah. a
1: second layer. We started, yeah, we, well, we, there was a second room. The room next oh, door that's right. was a second room. So we're starting to cover the floor with our empties, that, you know, and these are worth a nickel. So, you know, this is, is kind of like a, an informal savings account if you really look at it that Yeah, way. eventually we were going to get the money for the empties. And um, lo and behold, somebody from the social services uh, management comes over to check on the house, walks in the kitchen... And that led to the call where we were invited to leave. <laughs> How quickly. Immediately. <laughs> we couldn't even we couldn't even keep it together to live for free. <laughs> All we had to do was behave. <laughs> nope, couldn't do that. So the quest was on to go find Another, another house, another I, landlord. I, I was actually relieved that we were out of there. That was, it was, it
0: was pretty scary, man. Well,
1: that took us over to Richard Street. Yeah, Richard Street backed up along 490, nestled back off of Monroe Avenue. That was a fun house.
0: That was, and that was the last place I lived before I uh, moved to Buffalo to start a, an
1: actual radio career for legit. Last place I I lived before I got before I got married. Yeah, that was it. Maybe there's time for one more tale. <laughs> okay, one All more right. tale. I, you know, in the last podcast we talked about, you know, discovering the illicit recordings available through Pied Piper Records through an ad in, in Rolling Stone magazine. And uh I learned early on that it was altogether possible if you just did things just right. You could smuggle a tape recorder into a concert. I, I just want to remind people, before
0: cell phones, now you go to a concert, you, people that are younger are listening to this going, what's the big deal? We all record when we're at shows now.
1: But this was, I, um, I just want to, it was a massive no-no. So, 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 in the, I just kind of put it out there, 70s, <laughs> it was a big no-no <laughs> to be illicitly recording shows. But... I enjoyed unauthorized music. I love live concerts. Went to a ton of concerts, and uh, actually, uh, you know, tried to think of some, you know more inventive ways to bring a tape recorder into into a concert when I was in high school. Um, amongst them, let's see, uh, dressed as Kiss, hollowed out a Ace Frehley costume boot, put the tape recorder in there to get it in. Success. Usually went with the potato chip bag though. Because if you took a backpack into a concert, of course they they want to search it. So what you do is you you take a bag of potato chips. Now obviously a tape recorder's got heavier than than potato chips. So if they if they were to pick up a bag of potato chips, game over, you're busted. But I'd I'd unseal the potato chips at the bottom, put the tape recorder in the bag, seal it back up with super glue, put a couple Coke cans on top of it in a backpack. Then you walk into the concert and they'd be like, "Can't bring those Coke cans in here." Oh, oh, okay, here, no problem. I'm sorry, I forgot that I sold the Coke cans in there. Chips are okay though, right? Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Every time worked like a charm. Wow. Every time. So the I, pota- I never heard this. So the potato. The potato. Well. So, in, in in upstate New York, outside of the Buffalo area, you had this brand of potato chips called Troyer Farms. They came in a cardboard box, and they were sealed up with tape, literally that was like packing tape. Like, just look, just like that brown, heavy packing tape that you can buy anywhere. So, now I started bringing them in in boxes, because you also got to bring in extra batteries and extra cassettes. And a microphone. So, you know, we're talking... Everything that's built into an iPhone today was multiple pieces of audio recording gear going back to the 70s and early 80s. Fast forward, college, Neil Young's playing at the New York State Fair, okay? So Geneseo is, you know, ballpark about 75, 85 miles away from Syracuse. So I, and a friend, put our thumbs out on the road and said, let's go see Neil Young at the New York State Fair. We get a ride. We're going down the New York State Thruway, heading towards Syracuse, going to the show. We're talking to this guy. And kind of got on this subject. And the driver turns to me and he goes, you know, I got some friends that do this at Grateful Dead shows. I go, really? I go, they they allow. They're the only band that allows recording of, of concerts. He goes, yeah, but what he does is he goes to the show in a wheelchair. And he takes apart the parts of the wheelchair to build his mic stands. Isn't that great? That's amazing. I'm like, a wheelchair, huh? You know, I guess. And boom, sparks went off. The light bulb goes on. I go, I think it's time to graduate from audio to video. And the wheelchair trick was born.
0: And and you customized this wheelchair. I remember the, the seat was hollowed
1: out more or less, so you could get some of the equipment in there. It wasn't me, but a friend got to be pretty good at going to concerts in wheelchairs with a hollow seat cushion containing video equipment. A friend. Oh a friend. Yes. Hey a friend, Name friend. <laughs> not named friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> or score. <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh, so a friend.
1: friend, you know how that works here. Yeah, I got a friend. <laughs> hey, friend. Yeah. So it's
0: so many years ago, and people do this now at every show. I, I think this friend is totally fine with what happened back in the day. My God.
1: Well, I guess that's. I I hope so.
0: Yeah, but today I have no problem admitting that I had to carry the tripod into these shows. <laughs> that was my job. And then they would stop me at security and go, why the hell have you got a tripod uh, for the, I think it was a Rush show, matter of fact, or it might have been Peter Gabriel. And I go, well, it's for my binoculars. I'm bringing them in because my seats aren't that good. And then this friend was so smart that uh, when, a, when a show was coming to said town, um, he, would, he would study uh, the seats in the particular arena. And he would always get the seats... That were in the middle of a row in the middle of a section so pretty much dead center so no no security or anybody could actually you know uh get to this friend
1: good memory of friends' said activities
0: yeah. and then this guy also was like all right we all had to go in separate entrances and meet in the bathroom to kind of transfer stuff to now a, a gym bag And then we are all in the same section, uh, arriving at separate times as this friend was setting up the tripod and the camera. And then he had uh, an extra hat that he put on the camera to make it look like a person. And... Someone would take their coat off because you know this. These this person, uh, which was the video equipment, was cold, so would need the coat, and that would cover up the tripod. And now it looks like a person is just watching the show. And then this it looked, friend looked, looked like a tr- looked like a person with a with a camera lens for a nose. <laughs> you know, what was really cool about that was the fact that when people around uh, these people. Uh, when they realized what was happening, they didn't. They didn't narc, man. They were like, "Oh, I'm in. What can I do?" And they were watching and going, "All right, uh, you're, uh, someone's coming. To be cool." And then we would lean in to, so you really couldn't see the, the the equipment. And then this friend, he was even smart enough to know, well, even if I get caught, I could I could at least leave this arena with some footage. So he would he would shoot the first, let's say, hour or half of the concert. He would take the tape out. Then another friend that he bought a ticket for on the other side of the arena. I remember this like yesterday. Would come to grab that tape and take it back to where he was sitting. So if this friend was busted, he still had footage that he uh, could could watch at uh, at home.
1: Oh, it'd be amazing memory. So everybody was cool. <laughs> everybody was was cool around my friend uh, until we went to see the firm. So music fans, okay, that was. Uh, it's Jimmy Pages, right? Jimmy Pages band. Yeah, Who yeah, else was yeah. in Paul, the firm? Paul Rogers. right? Paul Rogers from Bad Company. And, and wait, I don't know this story. This was the end of the. This is a bootlegging. Yeah, I'm just saying. My so 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 the the friend and uh, another friend are all set up. They got the, the the baseball hat. They got the coat around the tripod, and a uh, couple knuckle knuckle dragon biker guys are sitting in front of them. And they look around after the first couple songs going, Hey, you're ripping off the band. And we're just like, you know, you, you don't really want to say, my friend didn't want to say, you know, screw you, because these guys are like big, right. you know, motorcycle, vast, knuckle dragon beard. They're some bad, bad hombres. Another song was by, You're ripping off the band. <laughs> Next thing you know... Knuckle-dragger numbers one gets up, and he's going to tell security. So, now it's time to split. His other buddy reaches around, grabs, grabs a hold of the tripod, so my friends can't get away. So what does one guy do? Okay, picture this. Someone's reaching around from your front to grab your tripod and prevent you from leaving. But you have an advantage, because not only are you one row behind them, you're about a foot and a half higher than them, and you can give them just one big solid kick in the back. Yep, with one solid foot right to the back of motorcycle madman number one, boom, he flies forward. We... My friend <laughs> spins the camera off <laughs> off the tripod. We go in separate directions and go set up on the other side of the arena to tape the rest of the show. Oh wow! Oh, yeah,
0: good for these people that I yes. don't think I know that. Well Let now. the records uh, show that I love biker gangs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's what friends are for. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> so that all that all kinda came to an end after uh getting legit jobs. You know, once you once you're moving on to uh more uh legitimate means of employment, it might be time to put away the the illicit hobbies.
0: Yeah, that 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 was a hell of a run i was uh, I was part of the operation for a few years. It was exciting, man. I think that's more than a safe story that's a million years ago and uh you know and uh everyone's uh,
1: everyone's taping shows now now it's now it's who isn't right. watching their watching a concert through the through the viewfinder of their phone. Well now the thing is that other people get
0: pissed like why don't you just enjoy the moment and be in the present? Why are you filming this show? You are here why don't you enjoy it? But I would argue that people are, you know, they're enjoying filming the damn
1: thing. I see. I like the artists now who've got who insist that the you put your phone into this sealed bag. Right. I love that. Yeah, they're going in that direction now. I I love seeing that because, you know, look at for the artist, they don't want to look out at a sea of people and a sea of iPhones. They want to see people reacting to the music. Right. Right. So it's a different world now. It's different. I think I think it's uh, I'm not trying to sound like an old man, but there's something to be said for just being engaged with the music and not being engaged with your viewfinder. Right on.
0: This was awesome. We're outside enjoying one of the last days of summer. It's really windy. Probably the wind uh, was picked up during these episodes, but that's OK. It's kind of weird that uh, this is where I'm, <laughs> where I'm at in life, uh, considering where uh, where we were. Yeah, we both have done very well. All three of us have done very well for ourselves. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know it's it, it's funny. It's you know when you when you look back at uh, the more the early the formative years and you know just doing what you had to do to to just survive on your own. Okay, well, it's it's uh, it 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 uh, it
0: makes you stronger. Well, I'm going to say this though: survive on your own. But uh, you know, we all went our different directions, and uh, you know, girlfriends and marriages and kids and changing jobs and cities but I always knew I could count on these guys they were always there when I needed them even if it was a year or two that went by I gotta call Fred I gotta call Buzzy some shit's going down and I need to talk to some real fucking people some real friends these guys have always been there for me never asked for a fucking thing they were just there for me simple as that just be there for the person and, uh, you know, I love you guys.
1: Cool. Love you too, bro. Love you too, bro. Peace. <laughs> Freddie didn't want to say I love you.
0: Uh, Was that too far for wait, you? I, I love you, but also your old roommate says he really loves you. <laughs>